0: Grace and peace to you from Harvester Reformational Church in Milnerton, Cape Town, the mother city of South Africa. Founding Apostle Andre and Prophet Nola Pelser have reached almost 100 nations to date, fulfilling the great command to love and the great commission to go into all the world, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and making disciples of Jesus Christ. May God confirm the preaching of his word with signs and wonders following in your life. For free sermon notes, visit www.harvesterchurch.net and click on the Sermons tab. Search for the topics you need and keep spreading the word. Remember that some of these teachings are also available on DVD from Pelser Media. So contact Apostle Aja Pelser at ajepelser at gmail.com for more information. Now, here is Apostle Aja Pelser. Have you ever, have you ever heard that old song? We're coming back to the heart of worship, where it's all about you, all about you. My sermon today is, is seeking the centre. I shared it with Harvest of Pretoria a few weeks ago, and I felt it be it bore some um, repetition here. Seeking the centre is something. If you know me, you know we talk about orbits in this church. Amen. We're not yet to build pyramids. Those were the Egyptians. You need slaves to build pyramids. You need to whip people to build pyramids. And a pyramid is a, is a tomb for a pharaoh. They used to lock slaves in there while they are still alive and give provisions for the pharaoh to go into the afterlife. That's why all those tombs had treasures. And then the British and French expeditionaries came and blew the tops off all the... There's a lot of uh, pyramids in Africa that have, they have their tops blown off because they just climbed in there and took out all the all the treasure so in a church we're not a pyramid structure you're not trying to get to the top and this is this guy is on top of the church and everybody you know that's not how we work Jesus is the center of our church and we orbit around him and we all work in our different orbits we've got area pastors and leaders tonight we have a workers meeting online where we talk about you all good things don't worry but we care and we care and we care. We've got we've got files and files and files of notes on all of you. Your X files, your Y files, your Z files. I don't know what the Z files are, but that must be bad. But uh, the Lord the Lord has put it on our hearts to really care for people and take a sincere interest in people. So there's a care orbit in the church as well that looks after people's needs. We don't even know all the all the care that's going on in the church. People do it without even talking about it. And uh, but there's no one that lacks anything in the church. And if there is, the care orbit swoops in and makes sure they've got groceries or this or that. And I tell people, you know, if you if you if you're part of a house group in the church, then you'll be taken care of no matter what. And a lot of people come to you in the street and they say, "Oh, help me with this, help me with that." I said, "Are you in a church?" Yeah, I'm in a church. I say, well then let your church take care of you. Because we take care of people in our church and in our network. We send things to people all over the world. We take care of a lot of people. Thank you very much. I don't have to feel guilty. You know, if you have to give everybody something wherever you park in this country. Yeah? Everybody that asks you. It says, do good to all, especially to the household of faith. There's people in your church that need help. Make sure you take care of them. And the band of brothers met on Thursday. We had our first meeting in the church. Actually, oh, thank you. No, it was, it was also in Ryan's idea, and I just, you know, yeah, that's great. And we had a bra, and they put up a lamp, and we did, you know, we tried to do all the COVID regulations, but Arthur forgot the, the temperature monitor. And. Um, <coughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we tried, and we actually wrote down that we were all no symptoms and things like that. But, but it was so good to see the guys, wasn't it, Leslie? It was lucky. It? it was so good, man. And uh, we just, you know, had a nice time and ate something, talked a bit about, about the brethren dwelling together in unity, because their God commands a blessing. And for guys that are, you know, there's people getting depressed, hey, at the moment. There's people who don't have friends. There's people that, that can't reach their friends. And so on. And the Band of Brothers has become a great, great source of comfort for me. It's it's helped me think through things. They give me advice at the Band of Brothers. They showed me a couple of things about the building that I can change, that we can, we can apply. We're planning and strategizing to get in there. And the guys, the brothers, they teach me a lot. I learn a lot from my boots in the church. And um, it's a great resource for you. So if you... If you know of guys who would like to do the next one, um, uh, there was space for more guys. And we could have done that. We want to do it again next next month. And we're going to make it a standing thing until we're in that building. And um, we thank the Lord for that. Hey? End of this month. End of this month. Yeah. And uh, we're having a prophet this week. Um, prophet Francois Bertis, Remember him? Yeah, he, he sings... And prophesies, and he preaches, he's got slideshows about the Bible. He teaches very accurately from the Word. And he's going to be, uh, we've already booked him out for the week. All the, all the people have been booked. There, so, so Monday and Tuesday we're having the students with him, and then the Thursday, Friday, the leaders, and then Sunday, two meetings here. So please book if you want to, if you want to experience a prophetic ministry visiting us. It's our first visiting speaker since lockdown. Yeah. It's time for... You must find a reason to celebrate. It's the first time we're in the church building. First time we had two border collies. Two meetings next And, <laughs> Amen. You can invite our neighbors here, Lynette, you know. And say so there's a prophet. Can you what to Oh, help us. Okay. <laughs> okay, so prophetic day next next. You better sort your lives out, eh? I'm giving you a week's notice. Don't come here with nonsense. You know, burn all your cigarettes. You know, throw away all the junk in your house. I don't want him to come here and say yesterday what happened in your church. Sort out your lives before the prophet gets here so you can get a nice prophecy. <laughs> Show some respect, you know. God sends you somebody. Oh, I'm getting a guest speaker. It's not just a guest speaker, it's prophet. And he's a gift to the body of Christ. And we, you know, he gave such good words uh, for my parents and for the move and things like that. Chantal has a list of all the prophecies from last time. This is what we do. When people prophesy here, we actually take it seriously. We write it down and thanks to the scribes over there, they, they get everything written down. And then we, we work through it, pray through it, tick it off. Next time they come and say, you know what, I've ticked off all the things you said, uh, what's next? Amen. That's how you can work with God too. You keep a little notebook, you can, you can buy him a notebook. Get a nice notebook there at the desk there for your, for your dad. And you can write a little love note there and say, Dad, I love you. So God's going to speak to you. And then you can write it down in this notebook. Yeah. And, that, <laughs> but that's how we learn. That's, that's how we see, okay, God, I've done this. I've done what you said to me. Amen. Yeah. Beautiful. So let's go to the, the message today. Three things, three keys to functioning in a body of believers. You know, to seek the center, you need to find Christ within you. Then find Christ within others, and then make sure that you understand Christ in the church. Christ in you, Christ in others, Christ in the church. Amen? That's the entire message. You can figure out the rest yourselves. Um, how many of you like ice skating? How many of you actually can ice skate? There's a difference as well. Okay, that's a mate. Ryan? He's got three goals, so they take him. Or you, okay? No, that's a, that's amazing. I struggle to ice skate. Um, I can skateboard, but ice skating is a whole different ball game. It's farum to follow me. And then, and then you know, when you go to the ice rink with your family, and you sort of, you know, and you kind of, and your kids just come past you like this, and then someone else comes past you like this and then they do it, they carry on, you know, it's like just, stop showing off man, but it's great to see somebody do it well, right, on, the, on their skates, and then I'm like, and then they go, and they go into one position, and they start turning, have you seen that, they start turning like this, and they pull their arms in, and because of science, that makes them go quicker. So they go slowly like this, slowly like this, and they go, and then it's got because they pull everything in towards the, yes, God will speed up the process in your life when you seek the center, when you seek Christ in everything you do, speeds it up, I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to relate to that one, well what, how would Jesus relate to them, zoom, I don't know what to do with my work. I don't know what my business should stand for. How we should do things anymore. Well, what is God saying to you in His Word? Seek the center. Find the purpose of that thing. Amen. Pull inwards. And as you pull inwards and you meditate inside, Christ within you becomes the hope of glory for your life. Isn't it like Yeah, now we are going ice skate. We have a friend who who lives in Montreal, Pastor Alberto Carboni, and um, we haven't seen him for many years, but one day we we visited him. He was at Miracle Valley Bible College with my dad in 1972, right? And um, he went and started a church in a rough area of Montreal. You know, when I walked there, my mom told me to look away, and uh, it was a very, very rough area, but... He went back to where he was from, basically. He was, he was living there and then he went to Bible school. He got saved and went back, started preaching there. And he had a very, very good ministry to the, to the street people of, of Montreal. And eventually some of them got saved and came to church. And it, church was always difficult, you know. He was, he would always have to fight to grow the church and so on. And for many years it was difficult. And, um, his first wife eventually said, you know, she's had enough of this struggle. Very, very difficult. Um, And then after 17, 18 years in ministry, he had a breakthrough. And the church started growing. And they they bought an old cinema there. And we went to minister there. And I remember they had a gym adjacent to the church. And they reached out people through the gym. And it was amazing, you know, reaching people all over the place. And uh, now he has an international ministry. You can't understand it. It's French. Uh, It's in French. But uh, he's a wonderful man of God. And God then blessed him with a house on the river that goes into Montreal. It's very beautiful. And uh, we went to visit him at this house after he's suffered and marriage and everything. And God gave him a new wife that wants to be in the ministry. And she got all the blessings. If the other one had just waited a little bit, you, know, but you don't know. But if she had just... Sometimes you get these things and you say, God, where would this come from? Somebody else had just moved out of their position in God and you step into it and you get all their blessings. They've done all the suffering and the working and the fighting and they give up and they go, and then you step in and you go, boom, where would that come from? Eh? And that happened to her. And um, his children ice skate into Montreal on the river. That's pretty cool. eh? You've got to admit, that's pretty cool. You play ice hockey in the afternoon. Yeah. Just sort of that now. But to find Christ in you, this is how Paul found Christ in him. And and you might find this strange, but if you look at Colossians 1, verse 24 to 26, you'll, you'll see how Paul found Christ in him. You got that up there? What does he say? Now I rejoice in my sufferings on your behalf, And I fill up the things lacking of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh on behalf of his body, which is the church. It's not lacking to rejoice in your suffering. It's hard to say, you know what, I'm suffering this, but I'm going to take it on behalf of the body of Christ. And people will look at you funny and they'll think you're crazy. When Apostle Andre got poisoned for the second time in West Africa, I won't mention the name of the country. I'm trying to forgive that country. <laughs> I go to God. You know, I'm, I just come from the ICU and my dad's busy fighting for his life. But It's the second time my mom's called me to say, Come quickly, dad's dying. Come pray. So you drive and you go and the doctor tells you everything that's wrong and what can go wrong and what still must go wrong or this, you know. Then I go to the beach after that and then I pray and say, God, what's going on here? And God says to me in my heart, says redemption on a global scale takes big sacrifice. You want to reach the world for God, you're going to pay the price, but God will also help you. <laughs> there's a price for every every level that you go up in God. There's a price you must pay, there's suffering that you must go through, but this is why you rejoice. You see the value of your suffering. It's not just suffering. Now look around you. The world suffers all the time for no reason. As Christians... We have a reason to rejoice in our sufferings because when we suffer for the Lord and for the sake of our faith and the sake of our gospel, you know, I'm taking this on behalf of the body of Christ and I fulfill in my, my flesh that which is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. There's something that you suffer that other people in the church don't and you suffer it on their behalf. If you can see it, you'll find Christ within you a hope of glory Because it's glorious that you take this for the sake of other people. There's sacrifices that you've made that I haven't made. There's sacrifices that I've made that you don't have to make. I mean, Mornay, you don't have to give up cricket. I did it. You know? Everybody sacrifices differently. Amen? And, you know, that's what it means to take up your cross. Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, deny yourself, take up your cross, and what? Follow me. Amen? When Jesus came to the point of death, He said to the Lord, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Amen? There comes a point in your life where the things that make you cross, that you can't change in your life, it's there. It's not going away. Well, pick that cross up and suffer that on behalf of. Amen? The body. Say, okay, God. If you want me to suffer this, I'm going to rejoice in my sufferings because I'm fulfilling the afflictions of Christ in my body. Amen. Oh, There's this, this two amens. It's amazing. Most churches, when you preach these things, they'll go, huh? I thought I'd just come to church to be blessed. Well, you know, wakey-wakey, you live in the earth. huh? In in this life, Jesus says, in this life you'll have trouble, but rejoice, because I've overcome the world. In this world you'll have troubles, but, but rejoice, I've overcome the world of troubles. Look for the overcomer and Christ within your suffering, and then you overcome that world of suffering. You're above it. It might still be there. The things that irritate you might still be there. The challenges might still be there. The trouble and the suffering will still be there. But you're over it. By grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Because He could suffer on your behalf. You can suffer on His behalf. And He says... I do this for the sake of his body, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which he's given to me to fulfill the word. The mystery which has been hidden from the ages, from generations, but now has been revealed to the saints. Let's look a little bit further there. Colossians. Which is, it should end and say, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 27. To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. The point of us having church is to help you find Christ in you, the hope of glory. The point is not to sing gather to this, to that. The point is that Christ be revealed in us. That's the point. The point of preaching is to make sure that there's a bit more of Jesus in you at the end of the meeting that you can share with the world. It's the point. So everything else is secondary. All our busyness and activity, and we got to do this, and we've got to fill in forms, we've got to administrate. We do all those things so that we can seek the center. Amen. We arrange house groups, we Zoom, we phone each other, we check, we pray, we read the Bible. We do everything we can to care for people, and we try this, and we try that, and we get upset, and we do, and All that so that we can seek the center of Christ within them, the hope of glory. If you remember that, it will change the way you do it. You won't get so frustrated. You won't get so upset with stupid little things. People won't bother you so much. You know what? It's worth it. I'm going to suffer it a little bit so that Christ can be formed in that one. Amen? I'll worship the Lord on the floor and I'll play my Indian drums. Why? Because Christ is being formed in people as they worship the Lord. Jesus is being manifested and He inhabits the praises of His people. Doesn't matter if there's a full drum kit or not. Well, it matters to me, but you know, that's my cross. It makes me cross. I'm very cross. I go home, I hit those drums really hard. My poor neighbors. I've got, I took my double bass drum pedal home, uh, Arthur. Yeah, so they're going to get it. <laughs> Everything I don't play here, I play at home ten times louder, just to get it out of my system. You know, thanks for understanding me, Arthur. Drummers understand each other, but that's yeah. You know what? What's the point? Jesus is worshipped. Amen. We all had. I was wonderful watching people dance today, and just you know, <clears throat> at one stage it looked like a line dance for Jesus. You just got to wear your cowboy boots when you come here, you know. <clears throat> Paul says he labours to the point of exhaustion. To see Christ formed in others. That's the point of all our labor. Amen. And remember also, to find Christ in in you, there's a value that you add to the body of Christ that nobody else can do. Amen. There's something special that you have that I don't have. Yeah. Let's trust the Lord to reveal that to you. We've been looking at our function and who we are in Christ, made in His image over the last few weeks, and this has got something to do with that. Amen. When you, when you look at orbits, you know... Um, We've got different orbits in the in the church, but there's a time where we say all hands on deck and everybody helps everybody, yeah, but to find your orbit in church will function, okay? Remember that we're seeking the center so that we can find our function together in the body of Christ. Um, Pastor Andre says, "Only do what only you can do, and then train others to do that too, yeah, interesting, huh. You can help and you can do this, but eventually you'll gravitate towards something that God made you for. And when you look at the Astronomical Union, they say that in order to be a planet, you must orbit the sun. You must have enough gravity to pull yourself into a ball, to get together with yourself. (laughs) And you must clear out all the debris in your circuit that prevents you from orbiting properly. Can you see that? If you want to function in a church, you, you must find Christ at the center of your thinking. At the center of your being. The center of your motivation must be Christ. If there's flesh there, it's debris. I've seen people try to function and there's too much flesh and they're trying to make a show in the flesh and they compel other people and they treat people harshly to get the job done. That's not Jesus. You're not seeking the center. You're making a show of how you can work. It's the Martha-Mary principle. Martha was busy, 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 but Jesus decided to teach and Martha said to Mary, how dare you sit down while I'm busy? Jesus is teaching now, Martha. Mary helped you when Jesus wasn't teaching. Sit down, stop with your busyness and choose the best part for that moment. What's the best part for a moment? Um, When when Jesus is, is in our midst, what did He do when kids were running around? Did He chase them away? Sit him, come and sit with him, and he blessed them. He wasn't irritated with immature people because he was looking to for, to the centre. Why are they in my company now? So I can be irritated with them? No, I must bless them. I must just bless them. I don't need to change them yet. There's still a long way for them to go. So people come into your sphere of of your life and they irritate you. You think, okay, I can be irritated now, but if I seek the center, what is Jesus trying to do here? Is it for me to be irritated or for me to love them? Take a wild guess. And your love, in spite of the irritation and the immaturity and things like that, will show them Christ. And you'll you'll get to a point with them where they trust you, where they open their hearts to you, where you can pray for them and minister to them as well. Amen? What debris needs to be removed in your orbit? What do you always bump your head against when you try and do something for the Lord? May God remove that. Amen? Christ in others, submitting to one another in the fear of God, it says in Ephesians 5.21. What does it mean to submit to one another in the fear of God? It means that there's something of Christ in someone that you can learn from, that you can submit to. If I'm working with the orbit leaders in the church and people in other churches in in our network, there's things I don't know, and they teach me and I submit to it. And then you grow. Amen? Or you can act like a know-it-all You're not seeing Christ in others. If you don't see Christ in others, you try and do it all and you end up burning yourself out like a shooting star. Amen. Ephesians 4.11 says, He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. It says some of this and some of that. Everybody's not the same. And stop trying to make people like you when you disciple them. Try and see Christ in them and disciple that. Amen. Give the bit of what you have, but realize, you know, if we don't accept one another the way we are, we won't see Christ in them. The biggest biggest thing of love for me is learning to accept that other people are not me. I don't want everybody to be me. I think be, it would be too much. <laughs> it's okay. <man>. okay. <laughs> My buddies are laughing at me. They know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> We've all got a different level of intensity and where we put our attention and how we react to things. God made us all different. But learning to accept one another is perhaps the biggest art in relating to people. That's love. Really. That's real love. You're not trying to change them. You're not just putting up with them. But you actually have accepted them now. You know what? This is probably not going to change in one lifetime. I'm just going to have to love them. There you go. Isn't that a load of your soldiers? You, you, you're not God. How many of you have resigned from being God? You know, You should try that. Resign from being God and trying to change everybody. You're not going to succeed. Yeah. The converse of that is stop trying to please everybody. You also fail miserably. They ask Winston Churchill, how do you, what is your secret of success? He says, I can't tell you that. But I can tell you how to fail. Try and please everybody. <laughs> Regard others higher than self. In order to get Christ from someone, you must regard them higher than yourself, which means that you sort of have to humble yourself in your attitude. You don't need to stand like this. You can just hear what they have to say. Amen? It's not a Humility is not a posture. You can be very proud and stand like this. <laughs> humility is a very powerful thing and you can draw from people. In your life that way. So, regard others higher than self. In Philippians 2, it says, If there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Holy Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself, or regard others higher than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests but for the interests of others and let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. And then it talks about Jesus being in the form of God but coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a servant. Humbled himself to the point of death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name above every name. You see Philippians 2 is your Christ within, Christ within others chapter. Go sit there a little. Read through Philippians chapter 2 a bit, and you'll start seeing Christ in other people. It's very simple. I I was in a pastor's meeting once, and um, I've been in many other pastor's meetings, but this was not one of ours. This was a charismatic group, and sometimes I call them charismaniacs, because they carry on like they're the chiefs and kings of the world. You know, They're going to take the city for God, and they're going to take all sorts of things. (laughs) And I'm sitting at this. I've been invited to this pastor's meeting and the the lead pastor gets up and he says, this is what he says, I thank God that I know more than any anybody in my church. If someone says something, then I go study it and I know more about them so that I can be the leader. And I said, you know what? I put up my hand and I stopped him with his nonsense. You know, I'm a little bit cheeky. I'm invited to their pastor's meeting and he talks nonsense. I go, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know. What a waste of God's riches. That you don't regard others higher than self. That you can't learn anything from anybody in your church. Yeah? I try to explain to him that he's destined for a burnout. Because he tries to do everything. He tries to be everything. You know what? There's people that know more than you. If you act like Jesus, if you understand his mind, you start seeing, oh, you know what, I can learn something from that. You can learn something from anybody. A uh, 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 award winning drummer once. God allows me to meet people in my area of influence or my area of expertise. And then I, I think, you know what? That's a reward. So I've met some great drummers. I've met some of the world's greatest uh, drum clinicians. And they just come around and I meet them and I go to their workshop and I get some, some learning from them. And I'm like, wow. And this guy came and he was just doing some work in Mill Park Center. And I said, what, what, you know, he talked to me about my drum kit. He said, you know, you should try this and this and that to tune it. I said, what do you, how do you know so much about drums? No, I used to be a, a, a I was an award-winning drummer. He what? Yeah, yeah, like in the 70s and 80s, I played gigs, I did this, I did that. And he gave me a lot of tips. The best tip he gave me, is, says, you can learn something from any drummer. Each drummer will have one little thing. Whether it's a fill that he does, or the sound of his snare, or the way he sets up his cymbals, or the way he moves, or the sticks, or the, how he puts his stick bag in his kit, or... There's always something you can learn from someone. Whether he's a good drummer or not, if you just listen, something will, you know, rub off on you. And I've learned, I've learned that, to stop criticizing other drummers and say, Ah, oh, I can play better than that. Say, no, hang on, what can I learn from this guy? You can, Ringo Starr, is the, it, do you think he's a good drummer? He's a good drummer, but there's other drummers that can do many, many other things, right? But he's richer than them. You can learn something from him. He played what the music needed. So all those guys, all their fancy little fills on YouTube now and Instagram, guy, Instagram drummers, you know, they can talk to his hand. <laughs> because he's the Beatles drummer. And he always will be, and he's still earning and he doesn't have to do fancy fills. He just has to play the song the way it's meant to be. Huh? And you know, they had an interview with Ringo Starr once. And I said to him, So, so Ringo, uh, he, he was Thomas the Tank's Engine's uh, voice. Oh, no. Ben Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, yeah. That's Ringo Starr. <laughs> what to do when you've finished with your music career? You know? <laughs> do voiceovers for Thomas the Tank Engine. I thought it's great. Uh, anyway, so they asked him. So, so George Harrison becomes, you know, a Hare Krishna or something. And then he goes to India and he finds out all these beats and all this Indian music and he brings Indian music into the Beatles, you know. But like we've done here today, we've done a lot of Indian vibes. And um, George gets all weird and he says, Ringo, this beat here is like, uh, you know, 17 over 16. And Ringo goes, Nah, man. Do you know that that's that song Here Comes This and That was in George Harrison's Eastern time when he <laughs> came back with all this Bollywood stuff. And he says, Ringo, you gotta count you gotta count this, you know, it's seventeen over sixteen or something crazy. You know, it's like a time signature from Yeah, from India. <laughs> Heavy mental music. it <laughs> really again. And so <laughs> and Ringo goes you know that, that part is the, that, you know that part? You know that? Can you play that on piano? It's, it's trickier. Yeah? Ringo goes, I told him that's rubbish. <laughs> I'm gonna play it like this. And that's Ringo's four. That's Ringo. But he figured out a very difficult rhythm in his style and it worked for the song and it obviously was one of their number one hits. I learned from this guy. Simplify difficult things. Play what the music needs. Serve the music with rhythm. The rest will take care of itself. Or try and show off and tell everybody how great you can play. There's a lot of guys like that that nobody wants to play with. They play very well alone. But when you put them in a band, nobody wants them. You know, (laughs) It's wisdom, you see. And that's what we do sometimes. We try and make a noise. We try and show how good we are. But God says, you know what? Just humble yourself. Regard others higher than self. Most of us have to work in teams at work, in our communities, on farms, wherever you are. You have to humble yourself and say, what can I draw from this one? What can I draw from that one? And when they speak... Just listen. And because you listen, they'll tell you more. This is the amazing thing about people around the world. It doesn't matter which culture I've been in. I can listen to anybody. And be- when you listen, they tell you more and you learn so much. That's the riches, they see. They tell you things that they wouldn't have told other people. They tell you where to go, where to eat, how to save money. You don't take this taxi service, take that one. Stay here, don't stay there, you get ripped off. Christ unlocks so many things. If you seek the center, if you seek Christ, and obviously in church as well, you know through him, you know the church is put together through the church. The wisdom of God is revealed to principalities and powers. But the church is also people, and it's built on apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ the chief cornerstone. Everything that we teach from the Bible, if if Jesus isn't in a teaching, you can reject it. This is a simple way to understand if someone's preaching nonsense. Can you put the, the the cross message in that person's sermon? Is can you see Jesus in what they're saying? Cuz if you can't, they've twisted it to their own to their own device through their own devices to their own way of thinking. It's not the gospel. The gospel is always good news. Even if there's warning, it gives you an opportunity to repent. It's never just you're going to die. So doom and gloom preaching and prophecy Aim through the cross. Aim through Jesus. What is Jesus' message? You know what? If you believe in Him, you'll not perish, but have everlasting life. There you go. Finished. Seek the center. And every in every scripture, you can see Christ. And I dare you to come and work through the Bible with me. And you'll find obscure scriptures that you think, how is Christ in this scripture? Our teachers and our mentors have opened this up to us Christ is in every scripture. He is the Word made flesh. He is the Word of God. Amen? And He's the Word of God for you. And I believe that the Lord will will help you to see these things. And of course, when we come to church, we see Christ in each other. But as we bring our share, the world sees Christ in us corporately. But I need you to be your bit. Amen? Thank God we can all add something. To this body of believers and it's not just a couple of people being Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm very relieved. Hey? I mean Rudy can act Jesus and we'll all believe it, but he knows that he's <laughs> He can only bring this part of Jesus. Rudy is a very good actor, he's on TV, yeah. Some people you think, yeah, that could be Jesus. No, they still need you. Yeah. So do your share, amen. Thanks for your attention, and uh, we're going to pray that the Lord remove some debris from your life today. Just a prayer. I'm just going to say a prayer for you. You can release your faith where you are, and those listening as well. Things that prevent you from orbiting around Christ. Things that prevent you from seeking the center. The cross that's in your mind, that thing that makes you cross every week that you can't change. God's going to change the, your attitude towards it. You might not be able to change the situation, but you can change how you react to it. Amen? So just get that clear in your mind, and I'm going to pray a prayer for you in Jesus' name. And God's going to show you how He's going to remove those blockages in your life that allow you to flow in who He made you to be, to function in the church, to function in His kingdom, even to function at work. Lord, remove the debris right now in Jesus' name. The Lord shows me how, if you orbit around Christ and you regularly visit with Him, God shows me that He's going to put some regular Bible study and prayer into your life. I'm not talking about, you know, registering for courses. I'm talking about returning to some scriptures that the Lord has opened for you in the past. About having a regular time with the Lord where you just say, you know what, I want to go and be with God now. Where you shut the door, where you put off your devices. God's going to put a prayer life into some of you that's not been there before. You're going to start praying through things. It doesn't have to be hours. It's going to be significant. It's going to be quality, not quantity. But you're going to revisit and revisit with the Lord. And it's going to become such a strong orbit that you're going to clear out a lot of the debris that the devil has put, placed in your path. The Lord shows me even for this farm where this farm is undergoing a transformation physically, it's also going to be a spiritual transformation for the people here. In Jesus' name. As the Lord has, has helped them remove blockages from the dam so the water couldn't flow, God says he's, you've, you're now putting new channels into place so God's word can flow from here to other people's lives. God's living water can flow through the people that live here into the region as well. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God shows me debris from the past. Yeah, for, for, for this family here. And for Salo. And for you, Shanel. The Lord shows me He's removing the, the past debris. Sometimes there's blockages in the past that prevent you from going to the future. God says the old things have passed away. And all things have become new. Forget the past. Tell the devil when he reminds you about your past. Say, listen, I know, I know your future. You're going to hell. You and all your accusations. And God doesn't rem- even remember your past anymore. The Lord says it's time for you to lift your head, Sarah. It's time for you to look up and see the future He has for you. You've got, you've got things to do for the Lord. Amen. And now, stop looking back because you've put your hand to the plow now. And when you put your hand to the plow and you look back, your plow skew. So stop looking back. Stop remembering the things. Stop dwelling on the past. It's almost like you, you feel like you have to, that it's your punishment. You know what? Jesus took your punishment for you. It's over. Amen. In Jesus' name, you are worthy. Say, I am worthy, I am worthy. to be called a child of God. Child. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. For making me worthy. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Bridget, Lord shows me that you're going to keep prophesying and keep speaking things into being. This is just the beginning. Amen. You've got treasure in your house, but you've also got treasure in earthen vessels in your house. God says there's going to come. I can see little cracks in those vessels because the pressure has come. God says there's come, come a moment where all the flesh will crack and, and the, the light will shine in those vessels. That you know what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Lord. Hallelujah. God's opening up things. Amen. God's opening up things for people right now. You can see things. Your pathway is going to clear. And God will show you. He will make your way smooth before you. You'll see. Things that used to bother you aren't going to bother you anymore. You're going to go like, What? I'm, I'm just in another place now. That can't push my button anymore. I really am over it. I'm more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Amen hallelujah god bless you let's just thank the lord there we are let's stand and thank the lord jesus give you the glory and the honor lord we seek the center lord we seek christ in all we do and thank you that christ within us in the hope of glory hallelujah woohoo thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah oh hallelujah amen 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 do you want to sing something no, no. You can you can sing on your way home. <laughs> Amen. Give someone an air five and an elbow. Say, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Amen. We love you very much. Thanks for being a sport and coming out and sitting on hay bales and remember two meetings next week, prophetic meetings, and. Um, trust the Lord for for a good word in your life. Amen. God bless you. Thanks. We bless the family here and this plot, this farm in Jesus' name. Amen.